created live on Fireside. Such very aggressive music this time. <laughs> sometimes it goes real slow. Sometimes it goes like I know. how it was. <laughs> so welcome everyone to YNS Live with NFL Thread Pivot, our new series. Uh, Juliet Hahn here with Cynthia Zordich and our guest, Russell Shepard. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. <laughs> so happy to have you. Yes, very excited. Okay, it's so really we're going to... Because I had the... Yeah. Go ahead. Is there a delay? Last time I was on, I had a little delay. And so I'm going to be aware. I, there's a delay. <sighs> Something's going on with my phone. Okay. So there's a delay. Um, so I'm going to start basically introducing the show and then we'll, we'll, I'll pause and wait. There's not a delay in the replay, but there's a delay apparently when I'm, when I'm talking. So if you guys are not familiar with YNS Live with NFL Thread Pivot, this is the new series that Cynthia and I are doing. I'm going to let Cynthia kind of jump on and give a little uh, a little snippet as people are joining. We have a lot of people here right now on, uh, live on LinkedIn. So hi, YouTube, you uh, Twitch, and Facebook. So welcome, welcome. And um, anyone that is in the audience, and I know people are going to be coming in, if you guys want to click the two little lines to the bottom left at the bottom, you can click on those and you can broadcast to the world. So you can send a uh, a text, you can send a message, you know, an email, you can send it to other people on Fireside. You can also send it to other people on other social media apps. So if everyone wants to take a moment to do that, that is awesome because it, People can actually listen in if they're not in Fireside. And that's what I love about Fireside so much is that people can listen. Why I don't know that they are like, there's a bunch of people actually saying hi to us on LinkedIn right now, which is really fun. Cool. So I'm going to let Cynthia kind of um, give a little introduction to Russell, but also talk about, you know, why we wanted to start Pivot and why it's so important to us. Perfect. Hey, Russell. <laughs> Thank you so much. I had the pleasure of meeting, you know, Marion and Russell at the NFL Business Academy um, in Michigan, the University of Michigan. It was just such a great experience for all of us. I was covering the event for NFL Legends. However, Russell and Marion came in with a purpose. And first of all, it was to win, <laughs> which they did. <laughs> they won the best new business in, in pretty much promoting the idea of Shep Boys, which is now, I can't wait to talk to Russell more about what Shep Boys Waste Management is all about. Um, but I wanted to have Russell on mostly today because in working with transition so much, in dealing with transition myself personally, in writing when the clock runs out with Bill Lyon, in talking to former players about their transition, I'm so excited to um, revisit this with a whole new generation and talking about what is it like when you have to let go of the game and how do you go about it? Russell is unique in that he started preparing for transition as a rookie. And so we're going to talk about that. Russell, thank you so much for coming on to talk about how your transition was kind of altered by the fact that you were already thinking you were being very proactive as a young player. So thank you so much for coming today. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. You know, um, that's all I was about, you know, and you know, the, the big thing with me when I was in NFL locker rooms, I played seven seasons. I retired in my eighth season and um, I always was one of the guys who talked about different things in the locker room. I, I didn't talk about video games. 
I didn't talk about going out. I, I wanted to talk about business opportunities, you know, things that were going on in the economy. You know, um, like I said, I was able to, I was able to grow up in the NFL. So, um, I, I seen the, the, the need to figure out what's new. You know, how do you continue to grow? How you continue to just evolve as a person and, um, be more than just what they label us as. And that's just, you know, football players. So I would love to jump in on that because I think that I was saying that to Cynthia. I'm so fascinated with, you know, with entrepreneurs and people that think a little different and, you know, go-getters and people that, uh, you know, really are there not just to live life, but to live life. You know what I mean? Like really just do their best. So what do you think gave that to you? I mean, I've read a little bit about your parents are definitely someone that's, you know, are very important in your life, but I would love for you to give a little background about kind of where you came from and how important your parents are and where you got that entrepreneurial, you know, go-getting kind of uh, spirit. No, no, you're right. I appreciate that. You know, my mom and dad are, you know, they're kind of, you know, they're the visionaries, you know, when that I, the only ones I've known and seen in my, so um, just kind of watching them, you know, grow their company. I, I, I always use the term scale, um, scale their family um, because, you know, um, they both were two just high school graduates, um, you know, um, and like I said, really didn't have too many resources coming up, but um, them working together, um, you know, buying good pieces of real estate um, as we grew and as they grew in their professions. Um, my dad was a, a entrepreneur himself. Um, he, he owned his own um, trucking company um, throughout my childhood. He dealt with um, AC repair. Um, he dealt with a little bit of everything. He was a jack of all trades, um, plumbing, whatever you was a blue collar thing. He, he believed in having as, as many trades as you possibly can to kind of, you know, um, stop from having such an up or down you know, um, financial financial resources throughout the year. You know, he, he experienced that early on with just being in one industry and um, one thing got slow. He realized quickly, I need to get another thing. So um, I kind of give him, you know, um, you know, he was kind of my inspiration, you know, when I was in the NFL to figure something else out and not allow that to be my only source of income and um, just kind of meaning of just who I am. And then my mom, you know, my mom is a very, you know, corporate America. She, she's a high school grad as well, but she was able, you know, just through hard work, networking, communication, you know, just being a good person. You know, she's a rock of our family. Um, she was able to climb the corporate America wor world and go from just being an assistant, you know, to, you know, really head to, she was the head of, uh, of, of, you know, huge, you know, medical practices in um, the Houston area throughout my childhood, you know, overseeing HR, business relations, administration. So watching her climb in her, in her field from when, you know, she had me when I was 17. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, throughout my, by the time I was 18, you know, my mom was still fairly young. She was still in her thirties. So, you know, we kind of grew up together, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I was watching them both kind of, you know, just kind of overcome their hurdles and working together and um, kind of building their family, putting me and my brother in better environment, you know, putting us in day camps athletically and both business, you know, camps like it kind of, you know, you know, made me who I am today. I love that. And the thing that I also I, th I find so fascinating and, and you brought two things up, the communication and your story, like stories connect us. And that's why I love podcasting. I love what Cynthia and I are doing. I love this platform Fireside because it lets us get our stories out. And when people hear, you know, um, you know, people can listen and people can hear. And I, I teach actually 
when you hear someone's kind of like a voice go up and you can see their posture stand and you can hear their, you know, intent, like their voice kind of get excited. That's something that means something. And when you were just talking about your parents and, you know, as I said, I read a little bit about it and I could feel the love um, and the dedication they had because wasn't it your, and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it your father that kind of said to you, you know, you should think of something that you can do because football is not going to always be there. Was he the one that kind of stirred you in that direction? And then even as you said, you were always kind of thinking too, because that's the background they gave you, gave you. Can you give us a little information on that? Yeah. So, you know, my rookie year, my first two years of, of, while I was in the NFL, I stayed with my parents and, you know, I, I, I saved, um, I had a fiance at the time and we were saving up for a, a marriage um, a wedding, excuse me, as well as um, a down payment and, you know, for a home so we can, you know, start building um, in our community. So, um, you know, my first year in the house with doing my off season, doing with my dad, he was like, man, let's start something. He said, you know, you got a little cash, you know what I'm saying? He said, you know, you're saving some money with staying with me and mom. He says, let's, let's do a dump truck company. And, um, you know, far as with dump trucks. So our family has about three decades of experience with dump trucks and dump trucks are Pretty much, you know, these giant trucks that transport, you know, raw materials like sand, clay, dirt. You know, they, we, we, we had those and we transported them to and away from construction sites, um, you know, development areas, um, you know, things like that. So we did that for about five years, excuse me, about four years. And we started off with one truck my rookie year. And um, by, about my fourth year in the NFL, we got up to about five trucks. And um, we had that company. Um, we did really well. You know, my dad overseed it. He was overseed, overseed outside operations. My mom was inside sales. And in that company, I was more so of of an investor and just learning. You know, I kind of went to school. They put me through school. They they sent me all of you know daily reports. I went through obviously a you know tax, accounting things, operational things. You know, when I was home for the off season. So those four years kind of gave me experience in running the company, overseeing the company while I was playing. And, um, you know, my fourth year, I had I had a pretty good year. I knew I was going to make some money from football going into the next season. So um, I decided to just, you know, um, give the company to my mom and dad. Um, I, I made all the return on my investment. And my mom and dad, they were so good. They were good partners to me. And um, I just deserved that they, 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 I just gave them all the equity in the company. And I just want to figure something else out down the road. What I love about that on the football side is the fact that as a rookie, you know, you're investing into your future. Uh, that's incredible in itself. And then your numbers, you know, I've read about your numbers and as they were growing as you were early on in your career. So here you are proving yourself on the field, you know, special teams captain right away, ace special teams, which I love special teams. My husband actually um, played with Ron Wolfley in Arizona, and he was like one of those early pioneers of the idea that you can be a professional, you know, uh, all pro player because of your special teams, um, you know, contribution. And so I always love special teams and also as a wide receiver. So you're you're proving yourself on the field, no doubt about it. And then heading to Carolina and God bless you, you know, coming from a free agent to have that, you know, amazing like you know, career and contract with Carolina, but then here you are still carrying out your business, carrying out new businesses, growing off the field as well. Um, what were your teammates saying about that? And like, what kind of conversations did you have with them? Did they think you were, you know, crazy? Did they think that this was <laughs> something that they should be doing? 
Well, you know, <laughs> the thing about, you know, to, to play at the highest level of anything, whether you're a surgeon, you know, you're, you're high in politics, you're a professional athlete, you kind of got to devote your time. You know, it, it's always said you got to devote um, to that, that craft, that, that whatever the task is, the job is. So, you know, it was always at times a little hard to find conversation with my peers in the locker room about investment opportunities, business plans, you know, just things outside of, you know, being the best, you know, you know, I, you know, you'd be surprised. I was able to get some great conversations. I mean, um, Kirk Coleman, uh, you know, he's one of my uh, OGs, as they say in the NFL, you know. Um, I was with him on two teams. Um, I, I watched him for, for many years, you know, display leadership and what it was to be a pro's pro. So, you know, I, you always run across guys like that, high character guys who are, who, who are both high on the field and off the field. So, you know, I was always able to find those type of guys and, you know, be able to, you know, iron sharper iron and have those conversations. But, um, you know, the, the thing that, that really pushed me is that, um, you know, as I was able to have a pretty, you know, a long career compared to the average, you know, um, guy, the, the two and a half to three years. So uh, me being able to, to grow in the NFL and have some, some, um, you know, have good luck with the first runaround company with my parents. Um, after I kind of, you know, gave over the company to them, um, for the next three, four years, I went on an information, information binge and, um, every opportunity, whether it was through NFLPA, the NFL office, I was just going and I was going to events and I was just trying to figure out what, you know, really I don't like, you know, what I really, you know, what I, do like and um throughout trying to thinking i want to be a sports agent thinking i want to be a g a professional gm a head coach you know i i was able to kind of make it my plan d um end up being you know and and i so i love there were so many things here that i thought because there was something i think i read or heard that you said hard work is hard work wherever you are so like if you know you're a professional athlete you know hard work and and really in life it's about consistency. It's about showing up for whatever you want to do. If you are not consistent and you're not, you know, ready to work hard, whatever you're doing is not going to, you know, not going to go to that next level. So I love that. And something that you were just saying, um, just kind of struck a question in, in my mind. And so, and, and you might be like, no, that I, I never even thought about that. But, and Cynthia, this will be interesting for you to think about too. Do you think because you had something, you know, you were growing a business, you were growing your NFL career. Do you think that allowed you to stay in the NFL longer because you didn't have that stress of like, oh my gosh, if I, if I get hurt or if this happens, I'm not going to have anything because I don't know what I want. So it kind of let you just be and play. Does that make um, sense? No, hundred percent. I definitely get what you're saying. Um, it definitely did. You know, um, for example, with the, the NFL is a, at times a false sense of reality when it comes to financials. You know, um, like I say, if you make a million dollars, you know, um, in NFL, you're going to get it usually over the course of the football season. That's anywhere four to five months, you know, six months, depending on playoffs and Super Bowl. You know, where in the real world, you get it over the course of 12 months or you get it through, you know, quarterly pay, certain things like that. So, you know, with me, you know, throughout the times I, I realized throughout my first off season, when I realized I didn't make any money, 
you know, I was able, I was happy that I had Shep Boys Trucking because I was able, didn't make as much money, you know, as I made with the football and, you know, the, the, the NFL contracts at times. But like I said, it was still something where I was able to, you know, save. I was able to invest. I was able to buy pieces of real estate. I was able to reinvest into my, my then company, Shep Boys Trucking. So, you know, being able, like I said, watching my dad have so many his trades and being able to weld and plumb, you know, do plumbing. He had a CDL and he was just a master of people. He was really good with people, you know, and um, I was able to transfer that over to the football and be able to be a, a captain. I was a captain three years out of my seven years mm -hmm. in the NFL. And like I said, it contributes to, you know, really big ups to my dad because I watched him work rooms with people and he was never the smartest, but he was always very, you know, very empathetic or sympathetic towards people in situations and he was able to gain leadership. So I knew if I can transfer that skill set over to business as well as, you know, I have the experience, you know, through running a company, which I was doing with the first company. I knew once I found the next thing, I knew I was going to have some some success. I just knew I wanted to find it out while I was still playing so I can still use that shield and that NFL brand as a way to kick down a lot of doors before it, you know, it, it was all said and done. I love that. Cynthia, did you want to add something? Um, yes, I do. I Well, first of all, I love, that's all, you know, that I feel like everybody's pushing now is that that shield, that brand is going to open so many doors. And even for players who are active right now, ask individuals to go to lunch, ask questions about what they do, try to figure out nobody's going to say no to go to lunch with an NFL player mm -hmm. who's just interested in what they do. Right. But, right. Um, go ahead. No, no, I mean, in, in, in I experienced it with my now company. I know we'll talk more about it, but like with our not my now company, Shep Boys Waste Management. So we're rental providers of, of, of we train we're tra transporters of human waste as well as we're rental, rental providers of portable toilets, hand wash stations, waste tanks, water tanks, luxury restroom trailers. We do RV pump outs. Um, anything dealing with um, um, a waste, a liquid waste, being human waste, grease, um, it can do anything. We transport it, we haul it, we contain it. So, you know, with that style of company, me coming from an NFL background, a lot of people, you know, they wouldn't tend to give me the time of day if I didn't have something interesting to create those those conversations and, and, and create that, you know, well, let me just give this guy the time of day. And having that NFL brand, man, I've been able to, you know, um, to really step into some big doors and, you know, just being associated with that. We've been able to accelerate. We believe we've been able to accelerate our brand, our company um, through, you know, using that that marketing tool. Um, like I said, we have the fastest growing waste management company um, in the state of Texas. Um, like I said, we'll be two years old um, at the end of July and uh, we'll do a million dollars um, in revenue this year. And uh, we're looking to continue to double and um, and continue to grow as our economy grows. So we're excited, man. You know, happy about it. Yeah. And you know what? I think this is like a couple of different things, again, that you touched on, which I think is really cool. And I think people I like I teach my kids this. Sometimes you don't know what you want to do, but you know what you don't want to do. And it's sometimes so important to know what you don't want to do. So just try everything, research everything, be curious because so many people are not curious enough. They don't ask enough questions. As you said, sit down with people, ask questions. Hey, what do you like about this? Read their body language, see why they get excited. Ask those questions. Like, why are you excited? What? Because something is going to spark in you 
you know, when you're hearing someone else get excited, like, why are they excited? And that's, I teach that all the time. And I, I think it's so important and sometimes undervalued because people don't really, you know, talk about it. You talked about the relationships your dad made, and that is so important. You don't have to be the smartest, but if you can tap into people and, re- and talk to people and see their body language and know what excites them, you can get into good conversations, which can just lead to other things. So that curious mind, I love that that's how you were raised. You know, I hope, you know, that my kids, as they grow, they always remember. Mom always said, just ask questions, do things. If something interests you, just try it. Like, don't be scared of failing because you're going to fail a million times in life. And that's when you learn. So I think that is something that I love that you you said that somewhere. Like sometimes you just knowing what you don't want to do is going to get you somewhere. And then I love this piece that they, you know that was in the playbook that you said, I was looking for a recession-proof and, you know, obviously pandemic proof, you didn't know that at that time. Um, well, we actually, you did, because that's when you were starting it. But like, that's so just, it's, it's simple, but so smart. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so many people don't think of that. Like I would love to do this, but okay, if life happens, is that something that's going to sustain, you know, sustain me? So do you want to touch a little bit on that? Because I, you know, again, that just like, as I was listening and reading that, I was like, oh, I need to ask about this because this is really interesting. Right, right, right. You got to excuse me, too. They're, they're cutting the lawn. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but um, so, you know, there was a process leading up to, um, you know, getting to where we're at now. The, the biggest thing was figuring out what I didn't want to do. And um, for two years, I, I, I was pretty much um, throughout the off season and, um, you know, few years I was I was hurt and I you know I had I was put on IR so I had extra time during the season so for two years I was pretty much building my sports agency I thought that there was a, a need for players um, representing former players representing current players um, I, I did my research and um, I, for over a year and um, I realized that there was um, less than 10 percent of the agents representing players both in any professional sport um, had any playing experience um, and like I said, it was less than 50% of them played even college balls. So, you know, um, through talking to um, NFL executives, talking to coaches, talking to, you know, just players, I realized that there was a need for it. And, um, you know, I was just kind of planning that. And so I'd had this whole plan. I, I talked to the NFL. I sold this whole thing on um, creating a, a firm, a sports agency where players can 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 come and represent guys and play to their best interest because we know each other best and they 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 believed in it they bit so what they did was they helped me create create a a plan where I can go and use their resources and pretty much learn about the agency you know the NFL office the NFLPA they have you know reps they have people that oversee every contract that 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 goes through um, an agent um they have they just have amazing resources where I'm learning that a lot of these agents they they're using the NFL uh, resources to you know back their work so like I said through you know working with the NFL they sent me to Indi- the Indianapolis um they sent me to the combine um, I was able to sit in on some executive meetings I was able to sit in on the players um the agent um annual meeting and um you know it was really throughout it was really um that that piece when I went to the combine 
And I'm just, you know, being around 300 agents, I'm seeing my peers and I'm seeing the people that I'd be surrounded by every day. Um, I just quickly realized that that wasn't the type of person that I wanted to be surrounded by. And um, what I didn't want, I, even though I still believe there's a need for a change and there's more players representing players, I just didn't want my peers or my circle to be that type of person. I just didn't see a heavy, um, you know, emphasis on morally good moral people in that field. So, you know, um, like I said, I just kind of just I can't. I, my second day, I was down there for five days. My second day down there, I called my wife. I said, "Baby, I said I think I need. I'm, I'm going to find something out else out." And um, you know, I, this is really my second plan because at first, I, again, I thought the trucking thing was going to be my thing, but. Took me a few years to realize that that wasn't really what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And um, that's part of the reason why I gave it to my family, because it was really their dream. I just helped kind of fund it and, and, and learned from it. And then, like I said, the sports agency thing, I, I spent two years on that. And I it was re very passionate about that being a, a player and now a former player. It was something that I really, I really wanted to. And that going to the combine was the last piece before I really started to study for my my my, my test and really kind of go after it, build my firm, you know. And um, that really hurt me that I got to the last leg and it was like, no, this is not what I want to do, you know. Even you know dealing with the, the, the a, a player, you don't they don't really want as an agent. I work for you. You know, so a lot of times you, you don't get to tell them what's real, you know, what they really need to hear, because, again, you're their client, they're, you know, they're your client and you it's a working relationship. So you got to protect that relationship. And a lot of young players need some they need to hear things that they don't want to hear. So I just realized just the nature of the, the, the business, how it was going. It wasn't for me. So um, I had one contact in the waste industry, my wife. Um, you know, the power of relationships and partnerships and just everything, a complete network. She had a guy who started a company back when we both went off to high school. And, um, his name was John Farley. He started Zeters. And, um, Zeters was, um, Zeters is a, a, a nationally waste brokerage company. And let's say you own Cynthia, a weight, a porta potty company in Hawaii. And say, Julia, you own one in Florida. I own one in Texas. He reaches out to people all over the country and say, Hey, let me help sell you, sell your stuff. I'll push it. I'll pay you for your stuff. I'll put a little extra on top for me and we'll, ha we'll have a, a beautiful relationship. And he managed that, mastered that model over a 10 year period from 2009 to 2022, where we are now. And now he has, you know, the fastest, the fastest growing waste company in the, the country. Um, he has 300 plus employees. So I, bottom line is, um, I watched him scale that company. I reached out to him and, um, he told me, Hey, Russell, people, people pooping and pissing every day. <laughs> Just like the book, well, you know, isn't everyone poops? Like I my kids read that. Right. right everyone poops. Good. Cynthia. Exactly. Um, I definitely want to chime in. Um, I want to go backwards a little bit because for me, this is, this is so important to me. That period of time when you were at the combine, you had done so much work in prep, so much research. You you're building this firm. You call Marion, and you realize this is not what you want to do. Now, this to me is the most important part of transition, because you know you had mentioned, and I believe it might have been in the playbook that you realize, and a lot of the players don't realize that. Just because you try something 
and decide that it isn't for you, it doesn't mean that you failed. It means that it wasn't the right fit. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel a lot of players and wives don't understand that when the, when guys are trying those new things. And I want to know what was going on inside like your heart at that time. And what, you know, cause now you're, you're just like starting all over again. Right. What were you feeling at that time? Well, I was I was heartbroken. Obviously, I was heartbroken because um, you know that was something I had. A, I put a lot. It, I, I will I will say I'm still more passionate about that than I am about what I'm doing now. You know, so it, it was a, it was a very it was a, it was kind of hurt because again I was looking to touch a lot of my peers, their circles, guys I went to school with. You know, Justin Jefferson, for example, um, he was a guy that was coming out of the NFL around the time I was thinking about starting my firm. And, um, you know, Justin, Justin Jefferson is the younger brother of Jordan Jefferson. Jordan Jefferson was my quarterback at LSU. So I've been knowing Justin Jefferson since he was 10, 11 years old. So, you know, that I, you know, obviously when you play with guys, they have, they have siblings, they have kids. And I just wanted to really just touch my circle. So, you know, that, that really hurt me when I, I just see that, okay, this space is not ready for a, a personality, a guy like me. So, um, like I said, the, the thing about, about me is, like I said, I, I, I rely heavily on my spouse, my wife. You know, she's my best friend. She's my business partner. She's my everything. So even though she's not at times knowledgeable about certain things that I'm doing or want to do, you know, some a lot of things are just comes off of just instincts and just good, just good morals and values. So when I told her and I, and I said, baby, like, I'm just not I'm not getting that that sense of purpose down here. She said, just come home. She said, she said, finish out start with you start, finish what you started. She said, come home and we we'll reevaluate. And when I came home, you know, um, like I said, I, the, I, I had an idea um, because when I came home, I came home to Manhattan and we went out to eat that night. And um, we talked a little bit and, um, you know, when we left the restaurant, it was the night before trash. And um, after leaving the restaurant, um, I seen a sea of trash. I had never seen anything like that being, you know, in that just just never seen it. And um, I had to come back to the city the next morning for a doctor visit. And when I went back to the city, all the trash was completely gone. So, you know, I had, you know, it was kind of a short thing, but I told my wife and I said, man, I have to You remind me to talk to John, you know, one day. <laughs> Because um, I know somebody's getting paid for moving this trash. <laughs> you know, obviously, I had that idea sparked from seeing that trash that one night. So when I came home, she said, I said, baby, do you have John's number? I said, I'm going to call him. And I called John. And, you know, John, I told John what I was thinking. I said, John, I'm getting burnt out on ball. I'm looking for some different direction. I said, I know you're having some some success with your now company, Zeters. Um, I said, just give me some direction, man. And John said, hey. Start a, a porter potty company. He gave me the funny line: people pooping, shitting, and pissing every day. I, I took it as you know, like John, like you know, I'm, I got a pretty business mind, and I've done some things. I'm like, give me some more, more complicated, some more, you know. And he said, so you got to think about it. He said, I work with about five thousand companies nationally. He said, I deal with them from a financial standpoint. He says those companies do best than any company I've ever done. He says they're recession proof. He says it, it never goes anywhere. He said you can touch all different type of markets. You can expand. You can do different things. And he says, you know, if you go buy brand new equipment, he says, if you, you know, you utilize your brand, you hire right. He says, I'll allow you to use my now company, Zeters, he says, and um, help you accelerate the growth of your company. He says, we use about seven companies in the Houston market. He says, if you do all these things I said, I'll use just you. 
we'll accelerate your growth. And that's um, that's what we did. It took, took us about six months to get the company up and going. We got started in February. We got the company up late July, August. And, um, you know, we opened the company in a month. At, at the month of negotiating with John, we got a price agreement and um, the boys was, was gone. We was open to go. I Question. love that. Oh, Where go ahead. did the Business Academy fit in? Um, um, I'm sorry, the Business Academy was in March. So is this fitting right in between that? And what did you take away from the Academy? Yeah, so that's, that's very interesting you say that. So I got the idea after this. I got the idea after the football season in January. -ish. I went to the Combine in February. I went to the Business Academy in March and I, and I sold, <sighs> sold the idea. Me and my wife sold the idea. And we was like, look, we're thinking about doing this. We did that. And then after I left the business academy and we won, because <laughs> uh, like I said, we put together a, a business plan within like, you know, a, a couple of days and uh, we won. Then I went back to, I came back home. I sold the business plan to my mom and dad. And within two weeks, they sold their company. And then we started building Ship Boys. Yeah, yeah. That that is so. I mean, I so fascinating. And and the thing that's so again, you brought up so many different points, but it's was about like everything that keeps coming back to me is your curiosity. You just didn't want to be right. You wanted something more. You and and so many people don't do it. There's so many people out there that would have went to the Columbine and been like, okay, I put all this in. I don't want to disappoint everyone. I'm just going to continue that and be miserable the rest of my life, but I'll, I'll make it work, right? I'll make it work. I'll get happy because I'll find it. But you knew, no, I'm not going to. And then you had the supportive wife, Marion. I mean, I've heard, you know, you talk about her so much and I, I do want it because I know you guys are high school sweethearts, which my sister and her husband are. So I love that. Um, but that's what, you know, there's so many different things that you touched on that are so important that people sometimes overlook, they overpass because they're just trying to get through life or just trying to move forward and not stopping and being like, okay, what do I want? What do, you know, let these images, let these thoughts, and I'm a really big component of daydreaming. Some people call it meditating. I call it daydreaming because I can't sit and meditate. I have to walk and move. And that's when I like daydream about things. And that's when I come up with ideas. That's how I came up with my podcast. And so many people don't do that, but you were looking around. You weren't just like sitting there in the car being like, oh, you were like, wow. And I lived in New York City. So <laughs> I know what the draft day looked like, you know? And so you allowed that <laughs> To, you were like, okay, this is interesting. I'm going to go with this feeling. I'm going to go with this thought. And that's what so many people don't do. And that's what, you know, I, I, so many things in this podcast that are teaching and, and, and people listening, like that's one of the things I want them to take away. When you're walking or you see something and you get a little interest and you're like, what is that? Don't just stuff it right? Explore it. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Like, you know, ask questions about it like you did. Hey, Marion, I want to talk to John about this because this is coming in my brain. It's not just coming once. And that's what so many people do. An idea will come, a come. And, you know, Cynthia knows this, you know, whether you believe in the universe or God, I believe in God, but we all have a path. I really believe we we're all born for a path and not all of us find it because we don't let ourselves kind of be there and think and, 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 and kind of watch what God is doing and putting in front of us. And so many times when you have these things keep coming up, I mean, you had such a timeline, like when you were putting that timeline, my mind was just going, wow, wow. Yes. I mean, it was really someone speaking to you being like, okay, this is what you need to do. This should be the next move. This is an idea. So, um, I just love all of that. And, and that's when, when Cynthia said, you know, I want Russell to come on pivot 
And I was like, there's so many pivots here, which I just find so fascinating. But one of the ones that I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you a quarterback in high school and then pivoted even your position? Right, right. Yeah, it was a big thing for me. You know, I went to high school, I went to college with a lot of, you know, you know, potential, a lot of hype. And um, like I said, you know, by the end of my college career, you know, um, I, I was a special team guy. You know, I was the number one quarterback in the country when I entered LSU, supposed to be bring them back to the national championship and do all these things. And, you know, life pivots, as you says, and things change and you have to adapt and you have to figure out other ways of, of, of thriving in your environment or your situation. And, um, you know, being able to to it was a humbling thing going from being a quarterback to a special team guy in college, not knowing that um, it was the best thing to happen for me once I got to the next level, because those guys tend to have the longer careers because they they jack of all trades. They they're not you know it's just it's how the league goes. You know what I'm saying? If you can be a quality depth guy and then you can contribute to special teams, you're told that you can have a pretty successful career, and that was something I bought into and I did in my way. So. You know, pivoting, adjusting, um, you know, it's a big thing in the waste industry. You know, things, crazy stuff happen all the times and what we do. You know, we, we're open seven days a week. Um, we start at, you know, we're up, I'm up at 345, 4 o'clock every day, and I don't get home to 8 or 9. So, uh, like I said, it's, it's every day. It's an adjusting process. But somebody, I heard this this guy say this one thing, and I'm not going to be long as that. You know, life doesn't happen um, to you. Life happens for you. Yep. And uh, that's a big thing to, to, you know, for me, you gotta, you know, if you do what you need to do and things don't happen, how you, how you expect or want them to happen, it's not because you failed or whatever, it's because it wasn't supposed to happen. You know, you just got to trust the process and understand this just wasn't meant for me and let me on the move, figure all this out and still maintain and grow as a person and still, you know, look out and be the best person for others as I can be. That's just something I've always applied to myself and just who I am and my my family as we go. Well, and that's I I think that's one of the things, like you said, you know, you 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 pivoted, but again, and this is again just the thought that came to my mind when you just said you were the jack of all trades. And who was the jack of all trades in your life? Your dad. So you watched your dad do all that. You knew, okay, I was this quarterback, which we we all know, you know, if you watch football, that's the guy, right? Everyone talks. And so, as you said, it was humbling. So I would like to get a little, and then I do want to talk to about Marion, but since you just talked about this, I want to get a little vulnerable. Like if you can take us through, because there's so many guys out there that I'm sure, you know, okay, your position gets changed where they have to take the emotions out. And as you said, think about what's best for the team and also, you know, uh, you know, the situation. So how did you, you know, how were you able to kind of really pivot there and take all your life and, and kind of go to that next step in, in your career? Um, you know, well, you know, the, the the college thing was extremely hard, obviously, because I was I was young in age, and and at that point, I was just wanted to be the best football player of all time. So I, at that point in time, you know, my support, you know, system being my 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 girlfriend, wife now, girlfriend at the time, Marion, you know, I'm having her, she was at school with me. So she was there for me. She, you know, having conversations, healthy conversations, picking me up when I put myself down. I um, mean, then having my mom and dad, you know, that support system. And then my, my, you know, you build a support system. If as you make, you know, you, you meet morally sound and you choose to have healthy relationships around yourself, you build other healthy relationships and the support as you go. And I was able to build that throughout my LSU 
time and that, they carried me through my journey. And then, like I said, once I got to my L, end of my LSU journey, and like I said, once I, I didn't go in the first round, I was an undrafted free agent. But when I was an undrafted free agent, you know, um, how, you know, I was able to pick my team instead of going to a team that wasn't for me and find the right coaching personality and find the right player. You know, just I was able to start my NFL journey off, which is very pivotal, very important when you talk about having a career span that's not long. You know, where you started and how you started is very important. So, like I said, going undrafted, being able to pick my team and being able to get with the right situation, it all, everything was just making sense as I went. You know what I'm saying? So, I just think a, a big thing with, with me is, like I say, that support system allowed me to still go. And if you just go and just still do those right things, even when you're not having the results that you want to have, like I say, the success is going to it's going to it's going to come. The string of good luck is going to come. You know what I'm saying? So that's what my support system, my wife, my mom, my dad, and this the, the good friends, the healthy relationships I built along the way with teammates, you know, trainers, you know, businessmen and women throughout my, my community and, and wherever I played. You know, having those people, I, it, it, it enabled me to just continue to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dead. Are you muted? And continue, continue to grow is what I said, said. Um, as far as on mute. But I love that you said the individuals that pick you up when you put yourself down. And I think that that happens so many times, I think, especially with players, especially in transition. For some reason, they miraculously forget all the amazing things they did and who they are and what they accomplished. And they feel like they're at ground zero when they're not at ground zero and they're here. And what is your take on that for young players that are going, going to go through transition? I, I always tell guys, you got you to take the, the mindset of next play in, in, in the real world. And, you know, the thing about it is that the, the thing that makes the NFL so unique compared to a lot of other sports and just really sports in general, but especially the NFL, um, because you only have so many games, 16 games compared to 82 and 100 and this and that is that, you know, they expect us to be perfect within an imperfect game. And, um, you know, it's, it's like as players, as you play in the NFL, I had a guy tell me early on in my NFL career, um, he says, hey, don't take don't take this too serious. And I ain't get it because I'm an undrafted rookie and I'm trying to make a team, create a family, create a, a life for my family. Like, why wouldn't I? This is bad advice. And as I, as I got older, I understood what he meant. Is like, as you prepare and if you genuinely care about the situation, the opportunity you're presented, you know, don't beat yourself up when it doesn't go how you want it to go. So, like I said, that's why I encourage guys to change your conversations within the locker rooms, within your peers, and go from talking about, you know, partying and, and, and video games games and this and that and talk about things that make that they are uncomfortable things you don't know about and then throughout talking through these uncomfortable situations and learning from your peers and their and resources you know you you will figure out what you don't like what you like and what you're going to do and that's all I did I had no no thought no process of being this big businessman or, you know, being this guy who'd had, you know, the serial entrepreneur and this guy who builds these companies and exit at these high, I, I didn't want, I just wanted to be more than what just people said I was. I wanted to create more for me. And like I said, from my dad being a jack of all trades and just a curious guy to my mom being a strategic, 
being a person that's very organized, a person that 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 is she was the person that was putting me in business camps. She was the person that she's the person that was that said, hey, we need to start your nonprofit. We need to do this in the LLCs. And, you know, she runs my mom is head of inside operations for me. You know, she's been she from business administrations to to to, to taxes, accounting. My mom, she is we, we would die company wise without having a person like my mom. So like I said, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just continue to try, get uncomfortable, change how the, the things that, that you seek. And like I said, you'll see some things that just kind of unfold. I mean, we've, we've been, and again, this was lack of no experience in our industry. We've been approached three times in the, in the, the almost two years we've been open about being acquired. You know, and, and this is just us again. We we're, we're figuring this stuff out still as we go. You know, we can't really. It's, it's a lot of luck involved in this. <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I love about you is that in the pandemic, where most of the world was using as an opportunity to lay back, you actually said that it gave you more time to research into more more time to look into things, and then. Instead of opening your company six months later, you opened six months early because of the pandemic. I think that's you. And I think that says a lot about you as a person and how you were raised. I appreciate that. I mean, that was something that was big on us. You know, we looked at the pandemic differently. We wanted to test the market. We wanted to test the industry. We wanted to test what we were about to give our life to. So we said, why not start doing one of the, 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 the most unique you know, the most tough times that our world, not economy, our world has ever seen. And um, not only were we able to start it, we were we, we thrived in it. You know, we were able, we still have some numbers that we did within the first six months of the company that we, we, we still don't even do. And we're almost two years open. So like I say, we do well when times are good in our industry. We do really well when times are bad. Um, like I said, you know, when you have natural disasters, um, when you have uh, um, things that occur both in your market, um, you have natural disasters in neighboring markets, being a, a city like New Orleans or a place like, you know, Florida, you can travel, you can, you know, be, you know, we're, 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 we're very important when it comes to, to world and, 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 and you know, natural disaster problems. And then also too, from a chemical plant industrial thing, like I said, so we can touch a lot of markets and do a lot of different things what we do. And um, it's just, it's just very exciting because it's new. It's different for me. Yeah. And, and, and you were curious and you thought about it. And I think that's, what's really cool. And there's like, are you guys hearing the weird feedback? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. Um, so I would love because I know you know we told you we we're going to have you for here for an hour, but I would love for you to talk about your beloved Marion. And you know, you guys met in high school, and just take us through the journey. Do you remember the first day you met and you knew that this is going to be the person, or was it you know a longer courtship? Just give give us a little juice. <laughs> So, you know, uh, wifey, Marion, Marion Shepard, you know, obviously I, my wife was two years older than me. So um, when I was a sophomore in high school, she was a senior and um, she went to a neighboring high school. And, um, you know, we had some mutual friends and uh, we were able just to connect through, you know, some friends that went to school with me that were friends with her. And, um, you know, what happened was very interesting with my wife, which is very interesting to my journey is that, you know, my wife went to LSU two years before me. And at this point in time, you know, I wanted to go to Texas. I was a Texas kid. I was had, you know, I was already a year or two within my high school experience. So I was already getting a lot of 
you know, you know, college you know, attention. So, you know, she had her, you know, she was six months from going to school when she met me. She's already, you know, had her dorm and had everything situated. And then this, you know, almost freshman, you know, 16 year old come out of nowhere and got her attention. So, you know, when she went off to LSU, you know, she still decided to maintain a relationship with me, which I was the lucky one, obviously still being in high school and I'm um, dating a, a freshman in college. I just felt so cool. But, um, you know, uh, what happened was with me, like I said, I had a lot of attention in high school. Um, I, I had a, a really good high school career and I had the opportunity to really go wherever I wanted to go and um, yeah, clap it up for her. Right. And um, like I said, what happened was is for two years straight while she was at LSU, um, I was going up there um, and going to visit her. And um, throughout my time going up there, um, I was meeting the coaches, I was meeting the players, the guys on the team, because um, everybody kind of knew who I was at that point. Um, and like I said, I just kind of fell in love with the culture and the school. So um, when it came time to pick, two years in, in a relationship and I was in love. And like I said, I'm really, you know, the, the, my, 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 and this is another thing for two years straight, you know, my wife took the Greyhound down to every game, um, my junior year, you know, which was her freshman year. And, um, you know, LSU, Baton Rouge to Houston is four hours on the Greyhound bus. It's seven hours because you're going to stop in every town. So for, um, I had 11 games that year and she took the Greyhound, um, 10 weeks straight and she came to every high school game of mine's her freshman year um, when LSU was just a year off a of national championship. So like I said, I knew early on that that was somebody that deeply cared about me. And like I said, I just, you know, I really chased love um, and kind of made myself believe that LSU was the, the place that I needed to go. You know? Oh, I got the chills. I love that so much. Yeah, all the recruiting coaches had to love that and love Marion for that. <laughs> you know, she was a recruiting girl the next the next year. You know, they, they made she worked for the school for three years, and then um, towards her last year of college, she decided to chase her career and but um, do her own thing. But yeah, she was a recruiting girl. She's probably the best recruiting girl of all time. <laughs> That's great. And then, how about the kids? I'm so excited for you with your beautiful family, your little boy, your little girl, and now one on the way. Well, thank you. They're doing good. They're doing good. So they're growing. So we have a third one on the way. We have Moses, Moses Shepherd. He'll be six years old. Um, he'll start first grade this year. Um, big for him coming off COVID and all those type of things for the, for the, you know, the young kids and, oh, and older kids. And then Ramsey is four. She'll be a big sister soon. Uh, we have another one respecting in um, October. And uh, my wife has this thing where she likes to have the kids at the house in the tub. Um, natural at home births. Right, yeah, right. So she's tough as they come. So, um, like I said, we're gonna experience that, and um, oh, that's amazing! And what great ages! And as you said, the pandemic—I mean, it was hard on all kids. But I, you know, my kids are teens, and I feel like they knew what school was, and so yeah, it was an adjustment. But I think about the younger ones that never really experienced school and how hard that has to be as a family. Um, so exciting that he's going into first grade and gets to experience. Right school you know in in in, in a normal a normal world right, right 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 it's good for his confidence it's good for his social environment like i said um you know kids need to be around other kids and socialize mm -hmm. and have experiences so we're excited for him exactly and i'd like to say that it, the energy that you and marion have and i have several photographs from the business academy 
where you guys are working together, deep discussions, excitement, planning, like, like just this team, like that you had, it was, um, it was like you both came and you both came with a purpose and working together. I was really excited to find out that you were actually a married couple that were working on this project together. And I imagine that's how you guys do everything. Oh yeah, everything. I mean, from the household, you know, um, to business affairs, um, we're in the process of working with banks as we continue to scale our company and be able to, to, to go to different markets. And, you know, um, to take that next level in business, you have to have strong banking relationships. And um, my wife is um, as big of an asset as my mom is to the company and what she does on a daily operational standpoint. My wife is big from putting together presentations, being able to present the company, market the company. And um, she's really helping us um, kind of get the resources we need to continue to scale and, you know, go to the next level. So, um, you know, every, it's all hands on deck and you're right, Cynthia. You know, I wouldn't be, you know, here without her today. And, um, you know, you know, she's my yin to my, you know, yang, you know, she's everything to me. I love that. So as we kind of come to a close, I would love to know if you can give the NFL community that not, and not just the NFL community, but, you know, young players, but even people out there, because your story is so relatable to so many people. There's so many different things that you touched on throughout this that is just, you know, got me excited. And just, you know, there's people out there that are like, I need to be better. I need to do better. I have one life. I need to do something big. So can you give like your two top tips that you would say to someone that's struggling, that someone's like maybe in a, in ready to pivot their life? Um, you know, um, seek uncomfortable moments, seek, seek, mm. seek, seek things that, that, um, you know, that you, you tend to not, you know, you don't do well, things that you, you've been running from, whether it's, 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 it's trauma, you know, from, from things that you've grown, grown from and grown my overcome and you got to kind of untangle those or there's insecurity or things that you've kind of built and put on yourself through throughout through life going through life you know um like i said I, I always tell people you know seek uncomfortable moments because that's 10 that's that's where you tend to grow the most um you know that's where you have just the most push and you push yourself and you know you, even if you don't try if you try to live the most conservative life you know uncomfortable moments and situations are going to find you so you might as well find them before they find you so like I say, seek those. And, um, you know, my last thing is embrace failures. Um, you know, you have to, you have to, you know, fail your way to success. And, um, like I said, you know, it's, it's, as beautiful as the company sounds and, you know, good as it goes, like every day is a struggle. Um, like I say, you know, uh, you know, being wanted, wanting to be, you know, my purpose wasn't to really, I thought my purpose was to make it to the NFL. And uh, once I got to the NFL, um, it kind of scared me and pushed me to figure out what my purpose really was because I figured out that it couldn't be my purpose. It was so short lived. It was I was only 30, 29 years old at the time when I realized it. So, you know, it felt it, it made me go figure something else, something else out. And through that, I felt I realized my purpose was coming back to my community and providing opportunity. Um, that was my purpose was, and that's what I was, you know, needed and wanted to do. So, you know, through that, I was able to just continue to keep going. And like I said, I, you know, like I said, it's, it's coming together because like I said, regardless whether I'm doing it right or doing it wrong, I'm working in my purpose. And like you said, the universe, God, you know, that's where that little luck or that little karma come from when you, you work for the right reasons and the right, the right people, you know, that's why I mean, you get a little blessed and a little, little lucky because like I say, statistically, odds, 
like I say, we're not supposed to be here. You know, you got a, a mom who had a, a, a son at 17, um, a, a dad who was, you know, coming from the streets, who never had a college degree. Uh, and then you had a kid who all he knew was football. And like I say, for us to, you know, start, you know, you know what we started and we're scaling the way we're scaling. Um, this is not just big for me and my mom. This is big for, you know, the community because we're going to take on and we're going to help people do a lot of things. And you're going to show people your story. It doesn't, your story doesn't make you who you are. It helps you grow, as you said. And I, everything you just said, I was like, oh my God, he's such my people. Like, this is what I talk about all the time because it's so important. It's so important. And people don't always talk about it. And so thank you so much for joining YNS Live with NFL Thread Pivot. Russell, I mean, it's such a pleasure to have met you. I, I, I need to meet your, your, your other half as well. And, you know, good luck with the kids and the business. And I can't wait to, you know, just watch you also grow and do what you're doing because you're inspiring people with your story and your beautiful family down to your parents. Um, it's, it's really one of those things that just, if you're listening out here everywhere, anywhere you are, you need to share it because there's people out there that need to listen to this. You might listen to this and say, oh, that's so cool. That's great. But you don't know what your neighbor, your cousin, your mom, your dad, your aunt, uncle, sister, brother, who in your life actually needs to hear this story because they're in a spot that they don't know what to do. And as you heard, it's scary, but that's where you learn to grow in those uncomfortable moments. That's where you grow. So Russell, thank you so much for joining. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you guys. I appreciate it, man. Y'all are great people, man. Anytime I can come on, let me know. Yes, please. You got a lot of teaching today. I'm telling you, you you, you have a lot of wisdom. Thank you guys. God bless. And thank you as always, Cynthia. Thank you, Juliet. (laughs) All right, guys. Again, Know where you are sharing this. If you're on whatever platform, share it, get it out there because people need to hear the story. And thank you again for joining YNS Live with NFL Thread Pivot.